1: Welcome to the Born Ready to Podcast podcast. Actually, can you say it in the real thing.
2: We're born ready to pod. We shortened it. There's no more yes. Born ready to podcast, <laughs> which I think is a lot cooler name because it's shortened now. Yeah, born ready to pod. Yeah, it's so a lot B-R-T-P. easier to say. The only reason why we are born ready to pod is because if you had a cast, it was too many uh, letters. Yeah, I think the BRTP.
1: That's a good Logan, too. Logan. Yeah, hi, this is Eric Hawk with the Born Ready to Podcast podcast. And I was wondering if you could comment on the rumors of LeBron James, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard possibly joining the Lakers next season?
0: Let me connect you to media Thank you. <laughs> we got through. We got him right where we want him. get Magic Johnson on the phone. <laughs> Just ask for Magic. Stella.
2: We'll take Rob Polika.
0: <laughs> the bus, people still alive? <laughs> I think the accurate. Jeannie. Thing. Jeannie's
1: still alive, right? Yeah. Sorry.
2: Oh. Uh, Leave a message for Magic.
1: Hi, yeah, I'm calling for Magic Johnson. Um, I was wondering if you could comment on the recent rumors that LeBron James, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard would possibly be joining the LA Lakers next season. My name is Eric Hawk. I'm with the Born Ready to Podcast podcast. If you could just give me a call back at this number at any time, that would be great. Thanks and have a good day.
2: Welcome everyone to the first official podcast episode of Born Ready to Pod. This is our inaugural season, if you will, the uh, the first season that we've uh, came together. Uh, my name is Chris Cook, and sitting with me, I have Jake Light and Eric Hawk. Uh, we are all three of us all, all three of us are lifelong Pacers fans. Um, so we're going to tell us a little bit about ourselves and
0: our Pacers fandom, So which one of you guys wants to kick it off? I'll go ahead and start. Um, My name is Jake Light, and I have been a diehard Pacer fan for as long as I can remember. Uh, I think my first real memory of the Indiana Pacers comes, uh, you know, Reggie Miller, uh, Madison Square Garden, and going at Spike Lee, choke sign, everything. Uh, My parents were diehard Pacer fans, and obviously they still are. And uh, my favorite NBA player of all time is Dale Davis. Dale I, Davis. I love Dale Davis. Uh, Dale Davis is is just pretty much the toughest dude in NBA history. Uh, he averaged eight points, pretty much eight rebounds, and he would at least knock eight players on their butts every single game, and I just love it. And So I, I coach high school basketball, and I, I preach toughness, and uh, Dale Davis has always been my guy. I still have a nice little Dale Davis jersey that I can't fit into anymore. And I just love the toughness that the Indiana Pacers have on a year-to-year basis. Blue-collar, blue-collar players, blue-collar attitude. I love it all the way around.
1: All right, I'm Eric Hawk. Um, I've always been a Pacers fan ever since I was born. I have loyalty to my home state. Um, As far as favorite player of all time, it's got to be Lance. I just love the tenacity he brings every game and just the way he goes at people and his fearless attitude. It's just amazing to watch and fun basketball. Um yeah, hopefully this podcast we're gonna just talk about everything we wanna see in the upcoming season. Um we're gonna give him some free agency talk. We're gonna have a lot of giveaways on our Twitter account. And uh we're just trying to have fun. So I'll take it back over to Chris and we'll talk. We'll start we'll start this thing off.
2: A little bit about myself before I forget that. My name's Chris Cook, like I said at the beginning. Um I've been a Pacers fan as long as I can remember. Um, I'm the only one here that has a Pacers tattoo, so you can say that my fandom is a little higher than everybody else in this room with me. Um, my favorite team is definitely probably 2003-2004, the team that won uh, 61 games. Um, and that also, my favorite player, probably Pacer of all times, Ron Artest, just because he was so psycho and he would do anything out there on the court uh, for his team to win. Um, that's why I'm also a big fan of Lance Stevenson as well. So those are the type of players I really respect. And, uh, yeah, Ron Artest is my guy. So Dale Davis would whoop Ron Artest, but Lance Stevenson would take both of
1: them. <clears throat> no. He wouldn't quit. He wouldn't give up.
0: Dale Davis just has the size, but I think uh, – Dale Davis, 6'11", 230 pounds of pure – just muscle.
1: He'd be a tough out, though. I think if they all teamed up, there could be anybody, any three
2: teams, buds. All right. Well, uh, maybe we'll save that for a later discussion, but we're just going to dive right into it. Um, first off, the biggest news uh, for the Pacers that we've seen to start off the season is the Miles Turner picture. Everybody on social media is talking about this. Uh, it's just from last year. Victor Oladipo went, uh, I think it was a couple weeks, and he um, – Changed his diet, did the workouts with the new trainer, and all of a sudden he had a six-pack. And it looks like Miles has done the same thing. So, uh, what are your guys' initial thoughts on that? Uh, do you think he's gonna? Do you think this is gonna lead to a better season for Miles, kind of Oladipo-esque, or do you think it's just kind of, uh, you know, he just got a six-pack? Whatever he's doing,
1: he needs to keep doing. I don't know if he's on the roids, if he's taking neutral system, whatever it is, I'm all here for it. I think we all kind of agree at times Turner can be a little timid in the post. He kind of gets looked over. He's not a very aggressive rebounder. I think it's very important. I think maybe he's learned something from Victor Oladipo and Al Jefferson, some veterans in the locker room now, about how to prepare in the offseason. I think it's just the work he's putting in is very clear, and I think a lot of the young guys will take notice of that, too. And. He was supposed to be the leader last year. We all thought that, and then Victor Oladipo kind of mm-hmm. took the torch, and that was amazing. And no one expected it. But you know, any jump that he can make can you know, boost this team like astronomically. So I'm very excited for that. Yeah,
0: I'm probably I've probably been one of the biggest Miles Turner skeptics throughout this year. Um, you know, when we drafted him, I was pretty pumped about it. I thought, you know, going into his first couple seasons, I thought he, I thought he, you know showed some growth um, in terms of his actual abilities. But I the one knock I've always had on him is he gets pushed around in the post and people say, well, he's a decent defender because, he, you know, he blocks shots. But really, you know, I think we've seen this time and time again. The Cavaliers just went right at him and they weren't really too scared of getting their shot blocked. And uh, the one thing, you know, as a Pacer fan that I wanted to see was Turner challenge himself in the weight room. And I know, you know, some Turner apologists, you know, he's only 20, you know, he's only 20, 22 years, 21, 22 years old. Um, you know, he can't put on weight like that. But I think this proves that if you dedicate yourself to a program and to the weight room, you can put muscle on and tone yourself out pretty quick. And uh I'm super pumped to see what Miles Turner can do this year. Obviously he still has a long way to go in the offseason, so I expect him to put on some, some muscle. And I think anything that he puts on will only help the Indiana Pacers. And I think really it's gonna help Sabonis more than anything. Because uh, you know Sabonis isn't a great post defender. Um and you gotta be able to play those two guys at the same time I think. And if Turner can add a little muscle to it, I think that only makes the Pacers deeper and more well-rounded. To be honest with you, yeah,
1: And I feel like early in his career he showed signs, and that's why everyone yeah. just, yeah, everyone's just been so high on him. And then he's, I feel like he's just regressed this last year, and maybe even the year before. So we had
2: that first season; he had the block on LeBron, yeah, the big smothered chicken from Quinn Buckner, yeah. good old smothered chicken. And then you had the series against Toronto where he played really well. So the expectations for him were very high. And the last couple seasons, he just, I mean, he's played like he did probably his rookie season. Yes, he's improved, but we've been greedy and
0: we've been expecting more out of him. Well, real quick, you know, his second season, you know, not last year, but the year before, his age 20 season, he averaged 14.5 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, and 2.1 blocks. Okay, now we get rid of Paul George. Everyone thinks that Turner is going to kind of take over and be the guy. Obviously, Oladipo stepped up in a major way. Um, So, coming into this year, I think, you know, Turner had a crazy first game. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he put up, you know, a crazy amount of points, crazy amount of rebounds and blocks. And then this year, he finished with 12.7 points, so almost two points less, almost a rebound less, 6.4 total rebounds a game, and .3 less blocks. And so that you know, this year was supposed to be the year he took a step forward, year three, age twenty-one, you know, he can have a little more fun, you know, out and about. We, We expected him to take that step. And he just didn't do it. And so hopefully him putting on this weight will be big for us. Are you guys ready for those? Yeah. One of uh, the best calls of all time. Followed by uh, Paul George quick shot. But, yeah. And that's one more thing I'll
2: add to this topic. We'll move on to the next one. I think that's the difference between Oladipo and Paul George's. Paul George was the best player on the team for his first two or three two or three seasons, whatever it was. I think it was two. And he saw – Paul's just a naturally gifted athlete. I'm He works hard at his craft. I'm sure of it. He spends a lot of hours in the gym. But he's more naturally gifted than Oladipo. Oladipo had – to work on it more than Paul did. So, I think Miles is seeing Victor putting the work, di- work in. He's the best player on the team, and he's like, if I want to be like that, I have to do the same thing. So, um, I feel like he he sees that, and hopefully he has a good season coming up. How
1: many games did Paul Edwards play his rookie year? Cause I th- for some reason, I remember it, like he sat out some games. Yeah. Before, like, well, Miles My- played well, he
2: 60 did. total games. Jim O'Brien was the coach's first season, yeah. so he didn't actually... Get playing time a lot because Jem O'Brien does not like to play rookies. Yeah, so, 20 minutes a game. once he was fired, he played a lot more, and he was in the starting lineup at the end of the year. So, okay,
0: let's halt Paul George talk. I'm tired of it.
2: Yeah. All <laughs> right. So, uh, moving on. Thad Young player option. We were hoping he would make his decision by now, but he's uh, still mulling his options. Um, obviously, I don't think he can go out there and get paid. Especially in the times we're in now with free agency, I don't think he can go out there and get paid more than $13 million. Uh, But I think he's looking, as they've mentioned, a three to four year deal, something around the $8 to $11 million range around there. Hmm. Um, What do you guys think he's going to end up doing? And do you hope he's back? And if he's not, what do you think
0: he's going to command for on the open market? And do you think he'll get it? Yeah, you know, Thad's got a major decision to make, like you just said. I mean, is he going to be the type of guy that bets on himself, takes the money this year, and maybe makes that jump? And maybe even make a little more money? Or is he going to take the security of having 8 to $10 million dollars for the next four years, five years of his life? Um, and, and that's obviously something uh, that I think a lot of Pacer fans have been thinking about. I personally like Thad Young. Whenever he's shooting a shot outside of two feet, because he's the worst guy in the league, you know, shooting a layup. I mean, it's in his head clearly. I'd love to have that on and just ask him, you know, what goes through your mind when you getting ready to shoot a free throw or your layup because you're kind of timid. But um, as a Pacer fan, I like that. I'd love to have him back for one more year. I think um, I think the Pacers front office uh, has some decisions to make. Um, I don't know who we could possibly sign for that amount of money. I know today it came out that Marcus Smart was on our radar. Um, so is that something we would want to do with that money? I'm not sure. I like that as a stretch for uh, he you know, he plays hard. Um, and, and defensively, he can do a lot of things. He can't guard LeBron, which for some reason Nate McMillan was like dead set on there in game. I think it was game two. But I do like that. I do hope he stays around one more year. And I, I do think the Pacers would still have flexibility and make some moves, obviously, with the salary cap space.
1: Yeah, from his perspective, I think what he's doing is smart. Like it's, he's entering his 14th year in the NBA. It's crazy, isn't it? It's kind of crazy to think about. And uh, so, trying to get that extra money, that bigger contract. I mean, I think as an agent, like that's what you're supposed to do for your players. So I don't, I don't hold anything against him from that point of view at all. But obviously, yeah, I'd like that too. I would like to keep him around. Um, for, for thirteen point seven, I think he's a good value. He led uh, the series against the Cavaliers with seven point seven rebounds a game. Um, that's kind of something the other guys can step up at times during the year. And I think he just does a little bit of everything well. I don't think he has like a huge weakness besides maybe three point shooting, obviously. But you know, I think he kind of he's kind of like a jack of all trades. So. Well, let me pose this
0: question to you guys. Let's say he does. Let's say he opts out. Would you expect the Pacers to be in at that? You know, whatever four year, thirty two million. No, if he's looking for eight I to ten. I wouldn't
1: want it for four years. No. So that makes
2: absolutely no sense if you're trying to develop Sabonis and Turner together and have them play on the court at the same time. It makes no sense to sign any power forward to that kind of contract unless you're thinking to yourself that you're going to get rid rid of one of those guys in the
0: next couple of years. So without It'd be stupid. yeah, so yeah. without giving away too much of you know some of the topics we want to talk about later. Let's say he opts out. Do we want to go after a free agent power forward to fill in? Or would you rather maybe uh, look to the draft for that? And this is probably going to be a rotational player. Is T.J. Leaf ready? You know, Hawks and T.J. Leaf guy. Big T.J. Leaf Yeah. And so, I mean, what would you guys rather do? Are we looking free agency, in-house, or the draft?
1: So, T.J. Leaf guy, he's not ready. He may never be ready. But, you know, if he ever is, I'm going to be the first one there sticking it to everyone. Yeah. But uh, for me, yeah, if you, we got some money to spend and if you know we can get rid of Al Jefferson's contract somehow and you know if that doesn't re-sign, that's plenty of money. I mean, even if we have to overpay for someone that would give us more production, I think it would be worth it.
2: I think if that happens, um, I don't think they'll go after a power forward for a long contract. I think it would be on yeah. maybe something similar to Darren Collison and Bogdanovich's contracts right now. Just maybe Trevor Booker.
0: I can see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, a cheaper that? option? Olds Trevor Booker. Trevor Booker, I feel like's getting not super old, but he's been in the league for, like I'd say, like seven or eight years. And he would come cheap. I mean, I don't think he's starting caliber, yeah, but he's year. a great power forward He's, he's earning 13, 13, too. Gosh, dude, I'm getting old. No, he was drafted in 2010.
1: 2010.
0: Yeah, it yeah, okay. hasn't been that okay. long. Yeah, that makes sense. He's he got traded. he got traded. Yeah, he kind of got treated there like he was kind of on sale there for a while. Yeah. But I lo- I like Trevor Booker. He's I, he, I think He, he fits could, well he, with the team. He's got, my, he's got a little Dale Davis in him. He ain't yeah. going to get pushed around. I
1: don't know if he's a long-term option because I just don't see his ceiling being that high. Mama didn't raise kinda, no punk. He didn't, Mama didn't raise but no I kinda punk. I kind of liked his role. I thought his role he played for the base was perfect. I don't know if he can handle much more. I, I think that's – I mean, it's kind of like they'll do what they're going to do and we're just going to have to talk about it. But... Hopefully they make their decision.
2: All right, well, switching uh, switching gears a little bit to non-Pacers-related topics, and we're just going to hit these pretty quickly. Just get your guys' thoughts on them. Um, Puma is making a big splash as they've been going after some key uh, players that are in the draft. They have uh, Jay-Z, they've named him as President of op- Basketball Operations or Operations, whatever the hell that means. Um, what do you guys think about Puma? Do you think uh, that in the next – Five ten years, they could be on somewhere on Nike's level. They're just hoping to, you know, maybe get a big name guy just out of these few few guys that they're signing right now. Probably will do in the next couple of years.
1: Well, I'm have always been a big Hove fan. I love all the blueprints. Uh, I think as far as like a celebrity to to get you kind of moving the needle a little bit, he's the best there is. And Rihanna's already there. They're going after Aiden Bagley, Zayre Smith. Like they got some heavy hitters in there. They're going to try to have the signatures too. I think it'd be interesting to have another player in the NBA, the shoe wear game. We probably won't talk about shoe wear much. I don't know how, how much <laughs> any of us are interested in shoe wear around here, but it's kind of, no. it's been NBA news. So I think it's just kind of interesting. And like those those contracts are no joke. Like yeah. Back this was $60 million. Like That's just crazy. Or maybe it was Aiden's so was $60 million, but
0: Shocking that Puma can even offer that contract. Yeah. So, of course, I take things off the rail. How much would you guys pay for a board-ready signature shoe? If he came out with a signature shoe, let's just say, let's say, let's Puma, say Nike M1, or Nikes, yeah. Oh, what a Starberry calls him and says, let's go. I if mean, if it's a
1: Starberry shoe, I'd pay thirty-five
0: dollars. That's that's premium really price for Starberries. If it was a Nike
1: one, I'd pay just like north of hundred, like just like I feel like that would be
0: pretty Dude, standard. I don't.
1: I Depends. I feel like with a more ready think. line, you'd have to get pretty crazy. Yeah,
0: it. I know it. I love it. Uh, as far as those guys, as far as Puma, you know, Pumas, you know, shoot or shoot. You know they're 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 taking their shot. Um, I personally, I mean, I get the Aiton thing. Um, you know, I think it's I think he's boom or bust. You know, I I was thinking about when the last time um, the team that won the championship just had a, like a stud center. That's your guy. You know, it's been a while. You know, it I mean, really has, has been.
1: You can't discredit what Pachulia did. Know, yeah, that's
0: right? not so Pachulia. Yeah, but I mean, literally, you know. I, I'm not sure. I love Bagley. I think Bagley is the best person they signed. I think he's probably the most, uh, you know, he's probably the most relatable to kids. He's quick. He's athletic. He's strong. He can shoot. He can dunk. You know what I mean? He's he's he, he's going to have more endorsements down the road, in my opinion. Zaire Smith, um, you know, he's another guy that has a lot of upside. And, and so what they're doing is they're shooting their shot, hoping one of these guys hits. And if one of them, you know, becomes very popular, which... You know, they have three pretty good prospects. All of a sudden you're not gonna get to Nike's level that fast. Nike's built that brand over a long period of time. But they could get up there to at least be in the conversation for more players in the future. So I think they're they're overloading it to start out and in the hopes of more people kind of hop on and then that's when you start incrementally you know, building your brand. And I think that's what they're trying to do. So I respect the heck out of them for it. So I'm gonna be interested to see what the shoes look like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So
1: I think it's an interesting angle, too, just because of all the NCAA stuff that's been going on, all those kind of violations, and you know, just trying to change the game. Yeah.
2: Kind of like Big Baller Brain. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah,
0: just like Big Baller Brain.
2: So speaking of uh, players in the draft, uh, one last topic before we dive deeper into the uh, draft discussion for the Pacers. There's been some reports, and this has been going on for, I don't know, a couple years now, about uh, draft eligibility rule uh, going away. I read somewhere that it said I think the earliest it could start was 2021 or after. Um, So they're doing away with the one-and-done rule, which I personally think would be a good thing. Um, I mean, it does help because a lot of kids that come out of high school aren't ready, but I think it's also impacted college basketball to where – these the way they've recruited players just for one season, and then they're and then they're gone. Yep. So, what do you guys think about the rule change? I mean, I feel like if there's going to be any, um, if they're required to go to school, it should be probably for at least two or three years. I think one year is just pointless.
1: I'm all in on you know no school. I think who I, needs college? I didn't go here to school. You know, yeah, I didn't go here to school. I think that's those words ring true to this day. I think. <laughs> the NBA has been kind of developing their D league from like a, like a grassroots perspective is what it seems like these past like five ten years. And I think that the D league's grown. So if that could grow even more, like the kids coming right out of high school with potential, you know, play there for a year or two, like kind of what they do in baseball, you know, that's, that's something that they would, I think benefit from in the long run. I don't, these kids aren't going to school. They're not going to class. They're not doing their homework. I mean, I don't want to speak for all of them, but we know we've all heard stories of them not doing what they're supposed to do. Like, it's kind of just a joke that we all pretend that they're actually, you know, students in school. They're not right. getting any kind of education. Think about the classes you took as a freshman. Like I it was just, I didn't learn anything. Yeah. You know, like you get into those classes. Later. I so intro. I think to, it's just a
0: waste. Yeah. Intro to women's studies. Intro to music.
1: Yeah, exactly. The so. study
0: of bugs, entomology. I mean, like, come on. You know, John Wald said it best. He was like, "Yeah, I'm not really going to go learn about any of these things." Because exactly. I'm about to make $100 million, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think if the would it?
1: was smart, too, they would be, like, on board with this, too. Like, they would get the heat off their butts because they're about to have to fork over money and pay right. players the way the trends are going. And this way, that you know, that would die down. And they yeah. just keep, you know, just the four-year guys would still go to college. And I don't think the college basketball game would be ruined
0: at all. No. I kind of like what the MLB does. I, I like, uh, you know, coming out of high school, if, if you want to come out, you get drafted. And then you can, you, you can go pro, and you're good. You're done. okay But if you decide and you go to a D1 school, which is mostly what we're talking about here. So if you go to a D1 school, you have to stay in for three years. You have to. Yeah. okay So there's, there's no way ands, or buts. And a lot of these guys would be able to graduate in three years. Yeah. I mean, you can do it. A lot of football players do it. Basketball guys can do it too. okay So you graduate in three years, four years, after your junior year, then you can declare. So what you're going to have is a really difficult decision for those high schoolers, but they make their decision and they live with it. And so, you know, these guys have, uh, have you know – uh, you know groupies you know people you know agents that are going to help them make those decisions and groupies I, you know whatever you know they got followers and uh, that's basically that's basically what they got to do they got to make the decision am I good enough to play in the NBA because guess what in three years if you haven't developed you're going to be out yeah. and there's no scholarship so you got to make that decision do I want to go and get my scholarship and at least have something to fall back on or am I just going to go out and, and say I'm ready to go and, and so I like the idea of once you're in you're in you can get in as a as a high school senior you know before you get into college if you decide to stay three years i like it all right <laughs> i like it too I'll never like knock you. a guy going for the bag yeah you, <laughs> you get, go for
1: the, money the bag away. back to Briggs truck. up yeah, i like it
2: all right let's kick it to our sponsor for our first official ad read
1: Are you tired of women not recognizing you? Are you tired of having the puniest arms at the gym? Are you tired of getting tired on the side of the road trying to change your car? Well, let me tell you about a product you need. The shake weights Just six pumps every five minutes, and your arms will be looking at Lou Ferrigno. The shake weight's an easy-to-use exercise equipment. Yeah! Just use the shake weight every day and have ripped arms and have girls swooning over you. All right, moving on
2: to our next topic of discussion, a lot of... What chatter you've been hearing about lately about the upcoming NBA draft, uh, which is this Thursday. Um, we've seen all these mock drafts out there. They're never usually right. Uh, so what we're going to do now is talk about the Pacers pick, and we're going to give you some options of who we think they're going to take and will probably be absolutely wrong. Um, but just a little history for you guys. Uh, maybe some uh, something, something you two didn't know. Uh, at least in the last 20 plus years, this is the third time the Pacers have selected number 23. Um, And the last time they picked here at this spot, they took Solomon Hill. Um, We all know how that worked out. Um, He had a couple mediocre seasons here, and then he went and got paid. So good for Solomon Hill. It all worked out for him. Um, And then Travis Best, who was our backup point guard there for several years uh, during the NBA Finals run, he was also the number 23 pick in 1995. Um, So The number 23 picks worked out okay for us. Um, We haven't got any rock stars. Um, There have been some good number 23 overall picks in the past from other teams, so that's not to say that we won't get a great player at this pick. But judging by what you guys have been reading, what you see, who do you think the Pacers take at 23? Why do you think they they take them, and how do you think that player would fit in um, with what the Pacers are trying to build here?
1: Um. In 23, you know, maybe we'll get lucky and someone will get caught with, you know, a couple bad tweets or maybe just some, some pictures on the internet, maybe like a Jaron Jackson would fall to us. So that's kind of my dream. Um, but more realistically, um, I know the hype at the beginning was kind of around Devin Chenzel, and uh, I think he was the Big East six Man of the Year. He played great in that national championship game. Um, he's kind of a guy that I think has a lot of upside. It kind of fits, you know, the build of what Pacers like to draft. You know, white guys. Um, If I had a realistic guess, we're getting Grayson Allen. Like, it's done. Like, we've already told him we're drafting him.
0: That or Mo Bogner.
1: Like, they've already been called by Pritchard. Like, he's probably in Indy right now.
0: They're probably uh, just sitting at the stadium just fighting over who who it's going to be.
1: What white guy is it going
0: to (laughs) be? Yeah, but
1: I see here on draft, uh, NBADraft.net, Mitchell Robinson, You know, uh, a 7-1 center compared to Dwayne Dedman. And then right under him was Aaron Holliday, a point guard. And I think if I had, just looking at this, an option, I think that's who I would realistically want to go for if he's available there at 23. I think uh, Darren Collison in his second stand with the Pacers has proved more than serviceable. He's not a game-changing point guard. You know, he uh, he kind of let the offense flow. He didn't demand the ball. Um, but, you know, I think we also need a guy that demands the ball a little bit to score when Victor's, you know, not scoring as much. Um, the 6-1 frightens me a little bit, but I think there are plenty of smaller point guards in the NBA that have had success. And so if I had to realistically guess, we're drafting Grayson Allen. If I had to look at this, I have one Aaron Holiday. Who's also
2: Drew and Justin Holiday's brother? Yeah,
1: he's the other one. So he's got NBA brothers in his blood. He's got the blood. And then if we get lucky, I think Devon Chinzo would be a steal there. And those are the guys I'm targeting. I mean, no, it'll, it'll, I mean, I see this guy Kevin Huger from Maryland. He looks like a white guy that Pritchard's you know, <laughs> fighting over the draft too. So you know, look out for him. The whitest guy on the board is who we're going to draft. So I'll kick it over to you, Jay.
0: Yeah, um, I think early in the process, obviously, uh, DiVincenzo is kind of the hot name. But one name that I think has really gotten a boost over the last couple weeks is Zaire Smith. We kind of talked about him a little bit with the Puma deal. But um, as soon as it came out, I think it came out about four or five days ago that the Lakers were interested in him. And the Lakers were drafting in the 20s. In fact, they were drafting two spots behind the Indiana Pacers at pick 25 overall. And uh, it came out that they were in love with Zaire Smith. And so currently, NBADraft.net, about a week ago, they had him falling all the way into the late 20s. And today, they have him slotted at pick 13 to the Clippers. Um, I would love to see Zaire Smith in a Pacer uniform. I think he's got a ton of potential. Um, you know, His intangibles are okay. Uh, from what I've seen, he's just super athletic. Uh, Purdue played them, obviously, in the NCAA tournament. Um, he doesn't have a great jump shot, but I think he is one of those high upside guys that if he was there for us, um, we would definitely have to look. I, I feel like you, he's a plug-and-play second unit player that would just be huge for us. Uh, a lot like DiVincenzo. Um, again, you kind of touched on Mitchell Robinson. Uh, I've seen him play on ESPN, not this year because he didn't play anywhere this year. He decided to not play college after signing at Western Kentucky. Um, he didn't go to school. So um, he's one of those guys that has a ton of upside. He's 7 1, uh, very athletic. I think you said Dwayne Dedman was his comp. If you could draft a guy like Dwayne Dedman in the 20s, I mean, that's not bad at all. It really isn't. Um, I think he'd be uh, an upgrade uh, as a rim protector in our second unit, and he would allow Sabonis or whoever is going to be in that second unit to kind of uh, be more of a natural defender at 15 feet um, and even a little bit farther out. Um, I really, really, really like his potential. Um, Mitchell Robinson's a guy I'm pretty high on. You hit on Aaron Holiday. He's obviously uh, he's he's got you know high motor. Um, I liked what he did at UCLA, and he's obviously got a great heritage as well. Um, the other guy, uh, Jalen Brunson. I mean, he's one of those guys. I think he's going to be a second unit you know, point guard for years to come. I think a team's going to take him. Um, he's got some. He's got some good intangibles. Uh, he's a good court vision, very good passer. Um, I think he's NBA ready. Uh, decent little jump shot, and he was you know the team leader for Villanova yeah, I mean, he, he. the thing that kills me about him, I'm also a Purdue fan, and I really thought he was going to Purdue. It came down to Purdue, Villanova, and he went to Villanova, obviously, so I um, kind of hate him for it, but whatever. Um, you hit on Grayson Allen, best white guy available. Uh, I love that, so I'm not even going to touch it. Um, the last guy I, I like personally, um, and they say his name several different ways, so don't make fun of me if you say it differently, but uh, Trevin Duvall, or Duval, as some people call him on ESPN. But um, – He's another young guy, he's 6'3", 190, Um, and I think that guy is just going to be another Jalen Brunson type with more potential. I think he's got, uh, he's one of those guys that could be out of the league quickly, Um, whereas I don't think Brunson will be, but I do think that his upside is starting point guard in the league, and so uh, I don't think he's ready to contribute right away by any means like some of the other guys that I've named, but at the same time, you know, what position do we need other than I think shooting guard that you know needs to play right away? I personally like Mitchell Robinson, Zaire Smith. If he falls, apparently they have him shooting up the draft board. So that may sound dumb in a week, but we got to get a guy who can play. I wouldn't be shocked if we take on contracts, which I think uh, we're getting ready to hit on. Um, I would love to trade up, and uh, Memphis interested in dealing Chandler Parsons in four. I think the Pacers got to kind of be interested in that, but. That's where I'm at. I'm ready to go. I love the NBA drafts. I love watching college basketball, and I know most of these guys, and I think I think Pritchard will either go best white guy available or a guy with potential. I think we all kind
1: of agree it's kind of like a crap shoot. Yeah. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. I said that just think how jacked we would be if we had a rookie, you know, coming off the bench averaging like seven, eight points a game, someone that just said promise, someone that come in and put in serious minutes. And I don't think we've had that in a while. So, you know, if we can get a player like that, that could just tr- tremendously change the team, and just, you know, especially for, like, a, a value that you get in, like, a, a drafted player, too, like, it's kind of a crapshoot, but
0: those are the guys that we obviously right. think could, could do something for us. Let me ask you guys, with our cap situation, would you guys be interested, I, I don't have, you know, the NBA trade machine in front of me by any means, but would you be interested in taking on the, the Chandler Parsons contract, which is just... Absolutely terrible, Um, and they're just—they're really just looking to get him out of there. I mean, he still has—he's—he's on contract until 2020, so he's got another two years left at 25 million dollars a year. Dude can't stay on the court. It's bad. (laughs) Would you guys? Would you guys take him on? And we're gonna have to give up something. Let's say we have to give up our first pick, and. Collison and probably Jefferson to make the you know to make that work. Would you guys be interested in doing that? And who would you guys want to target for if we did do that?
2: I mean, I'm fifty fifty on it. I lean more towards no because I would just be so stressed out that this guy would come out and play ten games a year, even if it's for two seasons, and get paid what he gets paid. Um, there's no way that. I personally think I could deal with it during the season. It sounds like a good idea now, but who's to say that, I mean, number four picks, they don't always work out either. So you like the idea of moving up, but you never know what you're going to get. And I don't think, um, especially where we're at right now when we have all this flexibility and we can go out there and kind of, you know, we're not going to go out there and get a big name guy in free agency, but we, I mean, we have options. And if we took on a contract like that, yeah, we'll get a nice young stud who might work out, but we might not. And then also we'll have Chandler Parsons sitting at the end of the bench, doing absolutely nothing, making more money than waving game. the chicks in the front row, going home with them after the game, and making twenty five million dollars all three. So I'm kind of,
0: I think I'm kind of the opposite. I, I understand um, that Chandler Parsons, even at his very best. At his very best, he's not a $25 million player. At his very best. But let me tell you something. You guys haven't brought up the obvious. He's a white guy that can shoot.
1: I mean, Pritchard already on the team. Pritchard has (laughs)
0: probably just texted him the hard eye emoji, like, (laughs) just continually. I personally would love to get the number four pick in Chandler Parsons. I obviously wouldn't love Chandler Parsons, but he is a shooter. Even if he doesn't stay healthy, $25 million. And here's what everyone says. Well, the salary cap. Well, this is a two-year contract. Okay? A two-year contract. We do not get big-name free agents. We just don't get those guys. And so if we could, you know, take on other bad contracts, we're going to have to take on a bad contract to get a, a potential stud player, in my opinion. I don't see a stud player saying, I'm going to Indiana. I just don't. I think we're all pretty realistic in saying LeBron James isn't coming to the basers. It doesn't matter how close we get. We don't get those big-name guys. We're just not flashy enough. So taking on a bad contract, eating it, and then going for a guy like – I would love if Marvin – I don't think he does get the four, but you give me Marvin Bagley and Parsons, now we're cooking. I like uh, Donchick, Doncic, whatever you want to call him. I don't care. I've I seen so – what? man. Yeah. He, and he's, again, Luca. It almost sounds like Luke, and that's a white white, white guy's name. He's obviously uh, you know, a foreigner. Uh, Jared Jackson, and even Michael Porter Jr. I just think we have so many options. That's how we're going to get the next superstar. We're going to have to draft this guy. I don't see us trading for one of those huge name guys. If we did, they're probably not going to resign. Take on a bad contract, get a high pick, and let's do it that way. That's my opinion, because guess what? Parsons can shoot a little bit. Our second unit could use that.
1: I think if I'm Pritchard, there's a guy that I'm targeting in here, and I don't know who it is. I don't know if maybe Trey Young falls. I don't know if Donkicks there, one of those guys, and maybe he's just going to be on the phone waiting for that last minute, just do it right at the day of time of. And if it happens, I, if this team was constructed the same as it was last year, let's say Thad Young opts in, and we had Chandler Parsons and a top four pick, and maybe somehow we. We keep our twenty third pick and we get somebody that's serviceable there too. And then what, we, we wouldn't be over the caps still, would we? No. So that's our team next year with two potentially like decent young guys, adding a uh, Chandler Parsons guy who would you think work in with the second unit, maybe decent best scenario. He is making more money than Victor Debo which would be a, a freaking joke. But you know, maybe just for a year or two, like that's an option. I I guess I just have to wait to see how it plays out. Let's just I highly criticize
2: first. I'll oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I, I was just saying I agree with you that yeah. that's the way we're going to get the guys heading on through the highly
2: criticize the Memphis Grizzlies for even giving that contract. He wasn't even a restricted free agent. He had <laughs> signed with Dallas when he was restricted. Actually, he was a second round pick. I don't remember, but anyway, they offered him that much money, and I think it was back in 2016 when they were giving out these ridiculous amounts of money, and that's why everybody's broke now. 2016 will go down as one of the most crazy off-seasons of all time. You had Durant going to the Warriors, and then you had all of these players, i.e. Solomon Hill, getting paid triple what they should have probably actually have made. Um, so Memphis you, Grizzlies, I don't know what the hell you were thinking. You got the number four pick, and now you might have to get rid of it because you have such a shitty contract. You want to hear the funny
0: part about the Taylor Parsons? He signed a three-year million deal in 2014 with the Dallas Mavericks. The third year was a player option. So he got paid, and he was a solid player for a while. He was solid. He wasn't great. But he got paid pretty much $15 million in 2014, 2015. $15 million again 2015, 2016. Now he was going to bump up to $16 million. Instead of taking that $16 million, Chandler Parsons found the dumbest team in the NBA. He said, I'm opting out. Don't give me the $16 million even though I'm injury-prone and I can only do one thing well. I can't defend. I can just shoot. You take the $16 million back. I'm going to sign with the Memphis Grizzlies on a four-year, $94.5 million deal. And good for him. Good to you. <laughs> kudos. kudos to you That's and those Asian. baby blues. That's it. The, GM's wife had to be the guy the, the person that broke in that deal. Like He's I gotta give I, I would
2: rather pay Vince Carter that much right now in his <laughs> Same. age. Shame. He'd be a great walker <laughs> um, so we've dug into it, so let's think of another scenario that we read today on ESPN they had mentioned um, Al Jefferson and our twenty third overall pick going to the Denver Nuggets for Fareed, and I believe they have the 13th pick. Um, what do you guys think of that? I think that that trade's way more skewed towards the Pacers. Um, it's a way, way better trade for the Pacers than it is for the Nuggets. Um, obviously, I think you both would do that, but what do you guys think about that trade that was proposed uh, that we read online today? No validity to it, probably, at all. Obviously, the Pacers are making trade calls about Al Jefferson, but if we can move up to where Denver's at, and also take on Fareed's contract, which they're trying to get rid of. Uh, what do you guys think that would uh, would how do you, how would you like that for the Pacers?
1: I don't think it's happening just because it would be the stupidest move for the Nuggets. Yeah, I mean they're going to get a player in Al Jefferson. Who, well, they're just going to cut him. They're going to get rid of their pick. I mean the money matches up, but I mean to me it's they've been paying him this long, like just what's one more year, you know, know, just to lose a pick and a guy, with, and they have a good young core, like. Where they were the ninth seed, and just merely missed the playoffs. Like they're building something decent in Denver, I think. So I think for them it would be a stupid move, but you know, if Pritchard pulls us off, executive of the year, I mean it wouldn't be his first fleecing of another team. He's done. Yeah, it, before. it is it,
2: it is 14, so they would be moving down nine spots.
1: Yeah. So
2: I think just to get rid of a guy that's gonna be off of your roster in one year to move down nine spots, I think that's quite a big leap. I uh, I just don't see it happening. I don't either. But if it does
0: happen, uh, we would be very excited about that. I mean, if you look at this, how much do the Denver Nuggets hate Kenneth (laughs) Reed? I mean, just to say, you know what? We're going to take old man Al Jefferson, which I miss Fat Albus. I miss Fat Albus. (laughs) He yeah. lost that weight. Good for you, but I missed that. out. Just so Dude. they
2: could cut him before I think his deadline. Didn't sleep
0: so. on him either. I remember uh, there was a game this year where he was just taking Joe Embiid to school. Yeah, and I, uh, Joe Embiid. Whatever. He uh, jumped. But I mean, anyways, I, if you look, if you look at what Kenneth Free did has done in his career, I mean, his rookie year he averaged ten and eight. Second year, almost twelve and nine. 13, 8 the next year. 12-8. Not or ten eight. I mean, he's almost averaging a double double, and they have tried to trade this man for like four years after they signed him to a four year, $50 million dollar deal. They have literally been trying to trade him since they signed him and to the bigger deal in 2015. Yeah, and I mean. And I just got to say this. At one point, his potential was looking so great. In one of the fantasy leagues, I won, at one time swindled this idiot into giving me Anthony Davis in a keeper league for Kenneth Free. That's where people thought this guy was headed. Or at least that idiot did. And, and it's just crazy. I, of course, would do that. I would do that in a heartbeat. I would be all over again, Zaire Smith, at that point. If you want one of those big athletic guys like Robert Williams, I get it. That's awesome. Miles Bridges, I'm not a big fan of. Dan Dockich would absolutely eviscerate that pick on the radio. It would be great radio. But, you know, if somebody falls, I love Colin Sexton, man. Oh, my. I have a man crush on Colin Sexton. He's a guy with some dog in him. I love players with some dog in him, and he's got that dog. So I would do that deal all day, every day. Probably not going to happen, but I want to see some wheeling and dealing. You know, I remember last year this time, we just literally, uh, Chris, myself, Mr. Hawk here, we're just on Twitter, just constantly scrolling. When is Paul George going to get traded? When is he going to get traded? And, of course, came and went, draft came and went, and we ended up trading him later. But this is the best time of year to see all these rumors, and I just eat them up. Absolutely.
2: And I did see today that uh, someone had posted that uh, Pritchard has made 15 NBA draft day transactions in both Portland and Indiana. So it's not like he's... He, it's not like he goes into these drafts and he isn't making phone calls. So it looks like the majority of the time he's trying to go out there and make a deal. So it's a high likelihood that we do see something. It might be cash considerations in the second round. You never know, but it could be uh, you know
0: kind of a big splash moving up. Wheel, nine picks, deal and steal. Yep, and take Kevin Durant over Greg Oden steal. Yeah, you gotta take. And you know what? You gotta take Grey over Kevin Durant. <laughs> I mean, you just gotta do it. Anytime you make, you can make that deal. You gotta do it. So. Kudos to him. I'm ready for it. Let's go. All
2: right. Well, that wraps up uh, discussion about the draft. We're going to move on to our next topic here shortly. We're putting together our uh, Pacers all-time draft bust squad. So you don't want to miss that. We'll be right
1: back. Help! Help! Oh. i falling! Oh. Oh.
0: And there goes Grandma. This tragedy could have been avoided if you had Life Alert! Do you have a grandma that's literally older than dirt? Do you have a grandpa that just calls you to change his toilet water every day on a daily basis? If you need somebody there for you and your old folks, you need to get Life Alert. Life Alert. I've fallen and I can't get up will no longer be heard by you anymore.
2: All right, well, now we're going to shift the discussion, still staying on the draft topics, but not talking about the actual draft coming up. Um, We're going to talk about some draft picks that the Pacers have taken here since 2000 that haven't quite worked out. So we've made a list here, and we're going to go ahead and talk about that. Uh, Just about 10 players. We have a starting five for both units, and we're going to go over each of these players and talk about who was picked after them and uh, why they made our all bus team. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and start it off, throw out a guy's name out there that probably won't be too popular since he is a slam-dunk champion in 2004. His name is Fred Jones. Uh, a lot of you guys already know who that is, obviously, because the slam-dunk contest. Um, I think the Pacers took him near the lottery or was close to it a couple picks after. Um, Fred played there for, uh, I think, until about 2007, 2008, somewhere around there. Um You don't expect a lot out of Fred Jones, but he just didn't really pan out to where he was picked at. Fred Jones. Some notable players that I have that were selected after Fred Jones in that draft. uh, Number one, Tayshawn Prince. If we would have selected Tayshon Prince, the Reggie block never would have happened. And maybe we win game two and we win that series in uh, 2004. Um, So that's why Tayshaun the first name on here. If we select him there, maybe we avoid... Years of defeat, and we actually go to the NBA Finals. Um, also mentioned Carlos Boozer. He was selected in the second round that year. Luis Scola, who is also a big Pacers fan favorite. And then uh, Rasul Butler, RIP. Um, he's a great guy, great teammate. Luis
0: Scola! And then last but
2: not least, I think the forfeited Minnesota draft pick, uh, they didn't get a first round pick, they had to forfeit that year. I think that was that worked out well for Minnesota compared to selecting Fred Jones.
0: Yeah, they save some salary cap space. Exactly.
1: I'm looking at uh, Fred Jones dunk contest from before his first dunk wasn't anything great, and then you just have Magic Johnson giving him a ten right in front of everybody.
0: <laughs> he literally just jumps he up He literally
1: just jumps up, grabs it with one hand and just dunks it. Yeah, like, but then he like
0: reps Indiana. I yeah, mean, yeah, you got to love Fred shooting. Jones now,
2: though. I believe he still actually lives in Indiana. Yeah. I see him somewhere. I've seen him at the, one of the malls there before. Yeah. Um, he's gained some weight, but, uh, you know. He could play left hands. tackle
0: for the Colts.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Next up on my squad, and we'll try to go through these a little quicker. Mine is a positionless team. Um, So I have positions, Mark, but they're actually, you know, the NBA now. They don't have positions anyway. My next player is Sean Williams, who is technically my shooting guard, even though he's really like a small forward. Power forward player. He was selected in the 2006 draft. Um, He's the type of guy that if he played in today's NBA, if he was actually good, which he wasn't, he would be the, the type of guy that you're looking for. The way he was built, he had length. Um, he could shoot a little bit. He might play better now in today's NBA than he did in the past, um, but I think that uh, he had a little extracurriculars going on behind the
0: scenes, if yeah. you guys know what I mean. No, he, he sucked. He was bad. He, he only he only lasted two years with us. Uh, his last year he averaged 6.7 points. Um, he could shoot a little bit until you see that he shot like 30%, literally, from three with us. But he did have some high intangibles. But uh, there were some guys behind him that I think we can all agree we wish we would have drafted.
2: Uh, Rondo, first and foremost, could have had him. Kyle Lowry, uh, P.J. Tucker, who really I didn't even know he had been in the league that long. He's now starting to pick it up the last couple of years, Um, becoming a good role player. And then also Paul Millsap, who is a quality starting power forward. So – all those players uh, got picked behind Sean Williams, and then we got stuck for him a couple of years, and he went went gonzo a few seasons later. So
0: I don't think Kyle Lowry would have worked <laughs> out though, because he was like a like a cancer to like teams like early in his career. I think it took him he, a couple years yeah. to get it together. So maybe if we draft him, he doesn't work out. But definitely wish we would have had Rondo or Paul Millsap and Fat Peach. Fat Peach is a, is a glue guy.
1: Fat Peach wouldn't be bad, but Rondo would have just been amazing. Yeah, he would have been great. Uh, the next
2: two guys I'm going to lump together um, for obvious reasons Tyler Hansbrough and Miles Plumley. How are they alike, though? Uh, Tyler Hansbrough, the 2009 draft, he was a lottery pick. And then we have Miles Plumley, who was selected later in the 20s. Um, We're but when you look at who's after, especially, I mean, Tyler Hansbrough, whatever, I believe he was a player of the year, he just won a national championship. Um, there's some good players selected after him, but the players after Miles Plumley make me even more upset. You have Jay Crowder, who is also a serviceable player in the NBA. Draymond Green, I don't really like him. Actually, I don't like him at all, um, but he's obviously better than Miles Plumley. And then you have Chris Middleton, who Detroit selected and had him for a year, then they got rid of him. So, joke's on you, Detroit, because he's a hell of a player. And then Will Barton, who obviously I would rather have as well. And now Miles Plumley has a big contract, probably <laughs> similar to your boy Chandler Parsons. It's not that high. But he's making double digits. And I don't know what he's ever done to make double mm-hmm. digits. He is absolutely god awful. And then obviously Tyler Hansbro. He went to Toronto, went to Charlotte, and now he's not even in the league anymore. Um, that's all I really got to say. But what do you guys have to say, your memories
0: of those two? Miles Plumley is a GPA booster. And then you realize we're not in college anymore. I have no clue why he's making that money. Um, I knew Tyler Hainsborough's career was going to be god-awful when we went to that Pacers fan jam, and as we were standing in line to get his autograph, I noticed not one person wanted him to sign anything that had the Indiana Pacers logo on it. It was all North Carolina Tar Heel stuff, and so I was just like, yeah, this isn't going to work out. Uh, he did. He was psycho T for a while. Obviously, you know, Jeff Teague ends up better. We have Collison now, so... I think Pat Beverly would have been interesting. Uh, again, I like guys with a little dog in them. I keep yeah. saying that. Uh, I think Henser had the dog in them. Uh, he, I just remember there was a game. Yeah, in Minnesota.
1: we were getting we were getting fleeced by Minnesota, and. Uh, Hansborough just went after it on a, a weak side free throw rebound. Yeah, Kevin <laughs> Garnett got super pissed that he was going so hard. So that, I always appreciated he's, how hard he. Was. That is He wasn't any good. One got, thing like, you funny. didn't have
2: to worry about with him is he was going to go out there and give it his all. Yeah. Unfortunately, his all wasn't just wasn't very good. He was like
0: a Jack Russell Terrier dog, though. Yeah. Like he didn't have like the pit bull dog, like you know uh, Beverly or even like Draymond Green. Even though I I don't really like he it. It was just had that weird look. I feel like he yeah. just had the weirdest look. He just – he had those eyes that really said like, oh, my God, I know I shouldn't be here, yeah. but I better play hard. He just
1: looked like he was lost, but he – you know, it was yeah. just a weird look. You didn't
0: trust him. He's
1: a weird dude. And yeah. uh,
2: Last but not least, starting center for my I squad. I love this. Uh, Picked in the 4 draft, I believe. He was the very last pick of the first round. So you're not expecting much from him. And honestly, the picks after him weren't that great. But I put him on here because he was just absolute, absolutely terrible. David Harrison. I love him. Um, Number 13. I actually even think that. Some I was a teenager back then, but I actually I actually have a David Harrison jersey, which I wish I could go back in time and just smack myself. Why the hell did you get a David Harrison jersey? It must have been on clearance after he got traded or something. Maybe it was fifteen bucks, but still I have it today. And you know I'll occasionally wear it just because it's funny. But David Harrison, he's out was absolutely didn't pan out. He was slow. Um, I would love to see him play in today's NBA. Why was he slow?
0: Um, <laughs> Why was he slow? Like, what about One it? One of the
2: things was uh, Mr. Harrison. Wacky, tobacco he loved, he loved extracurriculars off the court, if you know what I mean. Um, I think he got suspended multiple times. Actually, I read something funny about him. Uh, I think in 2015 he joined a basketball league somewhere. It obviously wasn't a legitimate basketball league, but – the league never actually officially started because it was led by a con artist. So that kind of shows you where he's at. Cool uh, and obviously the poor guy, he uh had he came out with a story a couple years ago. Um he's not he a actually I mean he made millions in the NBA and he's actually broke now and I think he still lives in Indy um and he was talking about hey, he had to apply at McDonald's. Um so hopefully
0: Which, closer to the jump deals. Yeah.
2: Hopefully now things are working out. Um obviously he got conned by a con artist. It
1: was, was balls, Yeah.
0: Was to <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, like, literally, I can just remember this vividly. Like, you could watch David Harrison and be like, dude, this dude has some potential. Why does he get more run? Um, huge guy. Uh, he was one of those guys. We used to be huge in, like, Pacers autographs, like, you know, wait for him to come out after the game. And I'll never forget one time when he came out after the game. He would sign everything. I mean, this dude, he would sign he would sign your underwear, literally, if you asked him to. And literally, he'd walk past us, and he signed our stuff for like the 100,000th time. And then it was just, the smell was just... It's like, dude, you just played like an hour ago. Like, how in the world do you smell like this? But, hey, hey you know what? Well, I didn't really play, so... You- well...
1: He enjoyed his 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, so,
0: I yeah. mean, but literally, I you know, I don't look down on him for that. I do look down on him because he is a Pacers draft bust. Yeah,
2: I do respect uh, the jersey I got now, like I said. Uh, it's a good jersey to wear um, out in public. But uh, picks after him, another forfeited Minnesota pick. So I mean, they were up to no good there for a while. And then Trevor Ariza, um, who also has had a
1: – not a –
2: Great NBA career by any means, but he's been a serviceable player. A resurgence. And I heard that he's trying to get like a $40 million contract for four years, and he can absolutely take a hike. I bet the Grizzlies the Grizzlies <laughs> might offer him $20, though. Yeah. They might offer him 20 So you yeah. never know. He's That's why he's, they're trying to we'll trade Parsons. We'll see Parsons.
0: your 40.
1: We'll raise you to 50. That's why they're trying
0: to trade Parsons. Want to they want a contract on the book. Exactly. They need a new contract. They need a new $25 million man.
2: So those are my – my five right there, just notables. These are from 2000s. Obviously, there's more. Uh, Jonathan Bender, I don't like talking about him because I had so much hype for him, and he obviously didn't work out. He was a 90s pick, so that's why he's not on this list. So let's go ahead and we'll go through year five. Who do you got listed there, Mr. Hawk?
1: Um, First up, more recent pick. I had Joe Young, and uh, you know he was the second-round pick. So Mighty I, Joe. I don't expect too much, but he's maintained a roster spot for so long. It's just kind of amazing to me. And last year – he actually came in and played decent a couple of games, so that's <laughs> good to see. But overall, you know, I don't have any players listed after him. They're probably was to anybody good. But, you know, Joe Young and just his amazing ability to stay on the roster has always, you know, amazed me. Um, then I got Solomon Hill, which I mean, Pelicans paid him a bunch of money, so they must, you know, think he still got something in the tank.
2: And you know why Solomon I mean, Hill got that contract?
1: It's because he hit one Because he hit a three that didn't count against the Toronto Raptors. That <laughs> yeah. I mean, would have
2: not just, it wouldn't have won the game, I don't think. It would have sent the game into overtime. Yeah. So, I mean, he had a good series overall. And I think he had
1: one good year with the Pacers, if I remember right. Like, he Well, he that was the year
2: that return. Paul George had hurt his Yeah. So, I mean, that's
1: uh, why, obviously, but.
2: Hurt his leg. And yeah. then uh, he started and he played, I think most of the games, and he averaged 10 points yeah. with, I mean, David West was obviously in his older years at the end of that contract, and then you had George Hill. So not much scoring to go around. And then you had Roy Hibbert, um, and he only averaged 10 points. So that should tell you something right there. He averaged 10 points with uh, with those other guys on the floor. So, so I
1: think uh, for Solomon Hill, I'd have to put him up as a draft bust, even though he's making big – he got the bag, so I can't knock him too much. And then uh, next up – Oh, some guys after uh, Solomon Hill, Rudy Gobert, could you imagine if we had Rudy, the, the potential defensive player of the year on this team
0: right now? That would It be would great. help Turner so much. Hey, I Alan
1: Crabb, I think we can all agree, Alan Crabb yeah. would have been a better pick, and then Tim Hardaway Jr., I mean, those guys are right under him. Yeah, Any of those guys would be so much better. than.
0: I remember, I can literally remember when they drafted him, and... Jay Billis was, like, in love with him. He was like, why can't we just draft these guys? and it was college the- Yeah, he was all about him, And it was that moment I was like... He sucks. We're, we're in trouble. <laughs> we're in trouble. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And
1: then in 2011, uh, the infamous Kawhi Leonard trade, um, he will go down in infamy as, to me as a Pacers draft bust just because he's not on the roster anymore. said it earlier. Um, just looking at past drafts and seeing that name next to the Pacers just brings a tear to my eye. So really... The Spurs probably told them that they wanted to I mean the Spurs obviously said that's who we're drafting. We never actually even had any say in it. But you know, if we could just not do that deal and keep Quiet Leonard and just go back in time somehow, I think we'd all be just
0: a lot of I think the worst part about that is now everyone's tweeting now that Quiet Leonard's probably gonna get traded, now everyone's tweeting about the actual trade that did yeah. happen. So now every time I jump on Twitter it's like Quiet Leonard has been traded, you know yeah. from you know, from the Pacers and you yeah. gotta People win that every single day. Yeah, exactly.
1: And then on my list I got Nathan Jawai, which I don't even remember this happening, but apparently he was nicknamed Baby Shaq, and I don't think he ever turned out to be anything quite like Shaq. He got traded to Toronto immediately, so I don't even know if that counts. I don't know the stipulations, but he was definitely a, a bust. And I think right under him was Gordon Drogic, who I'd much rather have on the bases right now, and then Patrick Ewing. And when you see Patrick Ewing on a draft board, how do you not draft Patrick Ewing? <laughs> I know it's not the Patrick Ewing, but still, just that alone, I would have picked him at number one that year. But I here's said. the thing: do you draft
0: Baby Shaq or do you draft Patrick Ewing? Well, we can debate this. I mean, I think in hindsight, I would
1: have picked Patrick Ewing, but Baby Shaq's a strong man. <laughs> Patrick Ewing missed that layup. He did. He did miss that layup. And then my last one: Primoz, Bresic, the 2007, 27th pick. Um,
0: I didn't even know this guy was alive. I not even know this Dude, guy. I have a great story. I love Okay. So, Brizek, he was on the Pacers, and um, he never played. Yeah. He, he just never played. He played. Uh, the he game played, started 4-1-0. I right. Yeah. So, he averaged 2 points, 1.9, point, 1.6 points. And then, all of a sudden, if you're looking at stats right now, you're like, wait a second. He jumped up to 13 points a game for the Bobcats. Yeah. It's because the Bobcats were like a brand new team. Was that the year that they lost? No, they so, picked
2: him in the expansion draft. Him. That was their first season. Yeah. That was their first season. And he so, believed he was their starting center. Th- yeah, he was.
0: 13. He averaged so 13 points, 7.4 uh, rebounds, played almost 32 minutes a game. Jesus. And then Ooh. next season he drops down 12.4 points, total rebounds. Now he's dropping down to 27.4 points a game and then he never gets back up into the 20s um, to be quite frank because he sucked. Um, And then the best part is he jumps around the NBA for like so many different teams. I mean it's Detroit, he goes, yeah, Toronto, Detroit, Detroit, Toronto,
1: Philadelphia, Milwaukee.
0: But the best part is, he just didn't play. He just didn't that play. The year play after, game. the year after, he was traded, like a you know, like a redheaded stepchild around the league. He was like, I'm going to take a break because I'm tired of traveling. And then he gets back into the league. After he sits out, and then he immediately gets traded after seven games. And that is Primo for you.
1: And some guys behind them. Michael Redd.
0: I was a big Michael Redd fan. I got a body like and Michael Redd. Eddie House.
1: Made. I loved Eddie House. And then Brian Cardinal. I mean, how can you not have Brian Cardinal i Two always, NBA so. champions Eddie
0: House yeah. Brian Cardinal. But he's a, I mean, you hear Brian Cardinal, and you're like, the Pacers took him. Like, <laughs> the Pacers a, had a trade for him. You can tell me that right now. And, and then you think, well, we did draft a guy named Primo. Like oh, okay, right. Primo today would play. I
1: feel like you can throw Primo in there. And
0: easy breezy, easy breezy breezy. At least the man I love
2: it. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, our draft bust. If you guys out there have and that are listening have any draft busts, or uh, actually, all as well as who you think the Pacers are going to select with the uh, number twenty three pick overall, make sure you tweet us our Twitter handle as at Born Ready to Pod. Uh, the two in there is actually the number two. It's not to. Um, so bor- at Born Ready to Pod, our hashtag out there is Born Ready to Pod, but that one actually has to in it. That's just the way hashtags work. Um, so tweet us uh, your Pacers draft bus, your favorite of all time. Those were our favorites. We gave you ten of them, as well as who you think the Pacers uh, will select with the uh, number 23 pick overall coming up, or if you'll think they'll trade the pick. Um, so with that being said, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to finish up that segment and we're going to move on to would you rather Pacers edition.
1: All right, now we're going to do a live draft scratch-off game. We each have a scratch-off ticket in front of us. If we win any money at all, the money will go right back into the listeners and future giveaways, jerseys, tickets, etc. Maybe you can come watch us do a podcast, maybe you can even sit in with the podcast. Probably not. If we win the 50,000, we're going to keep it. So that's the only stipulation. These were $3 each. So here we go. So um, there's four winning numbers. So we're going to scratch those off. He's through.
0: scratching them. What's the numbers?
1: You're going to do yours too. Oh, four. we're all doing it at the same time? Yeah. Take up, take up. Take up too much time. Yeah, so I got 19, 37, 6, and 27.
2: I have 16, 35, 27
1: and 34. Okay. And then we're just going to go down the line. We're going to scratch these all over
0: I have 22, 35, 16, and 23.
1: Okay. A little dead air here while
0: I think with my brain.
1: 1937, 6, 27. I didn't want you to So you can't see this right now, but they are vigorously scratching, a lot of intense faces, making a mess here. I didn't actually look this at the is... numbers. I think Chris might have a winner. No. No? So. It doesn't look that good? I think Jake might have a winner? No. This is why you don't gamble, folks. It's $9 <laughs> down the drain. 23.
0: Okay, we got a winner. We got a winner. It's a three. It's $3. Okay, so three we got d- the three. Three dollars. So we match the three. No, it's, 20. it's 23. Okay, so we
1: got three, and then we're going to hit the multiplier. Oh, the give multiplier. me the 15, 15 times. times. What's 15 times three? Five times. Five times. Five times. We're hot. Five times three is
0: what? $15. Right? Yeah, that's right. We just Five won $15. $15. Nice. $15. Here we go, baby. So you want anything? No. We still have one more. Oh, yeah, we'll
1: do that. That's, that's,
2: that's personal. All right, moving on to our final segment, which is Would You Rather, Pacers Edition. I'm going to uh, give you guys just a list of uh, some things here. Obviously, if you played Would You Rather, I give you two scenarios, and you have to pick which one you would rather do or wow. have happen. Pretty simple stuff. Breaking news. So I have a list of uh, five different scenarios here. At the end of this, you guys can add something on here. If you think of anything. Tweet us
1: your, your, your answers. Yeah,
2: tweet us your answers to these as well. At BornReady2Pod. The two is a two. The number two. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, first ones first. Uh, he is no longer a pacer anymore, but we've seen this happen uh, plenty of times, and we also seen it happen in this year's NBA Finals. Would you rather have George Hill shoot a game-winning free throw... Or Thaddeus Young shoot a game winning
1: layup. Question. What's that? Is there backpacks on the line? No backpacks. No backpacks this is televised
2: on. Uh, it's the NBA, let's call it the NBA Finals. It's televised, so it's not on FS Indiana. So no backpacks apply.
1: Okay. Um. Jesus. Although
2: you would think Indiana's Indiana members' credit union, if it was the NBA Finals with a free throw on the line, they would like quadruple the backpack <laughs> for that. So this but question think, is
0: basically how would you rather
1: lose? Yeah, basically. I mean, I, you have to pick that. He's generally up. I mean, what, he's about, he'll, he'll make one of two. Uh, I mean, I like those odds around the rim. Odds I mean, George Hill
0: literally makes one of two. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it's, it's a toss up. I mean, I was just to make. Is it just one free throw on the line?
2: To win the game.
1: Oh, that's so. a.
2: So that's one, a lot more
1: pressure than like a layup. So a in George pressure.
2: Hill scenario, we're tied, or yeah, we're tied. And Thaddeus Young, we are down by one. Oh, I'm taking
0: George Hill because at least we go to overtime and lose.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. If that's the scenario, if it's just straight I've, up, it's tied. I think I'm taking the layup. I've
0: seen just the, because you've got
1: yeah. You I, layup, if yeah. it's
0: tied, let's go. I'd go Thad Young, but here's the thing: I've literally seen Thad Young airball a layup. Yeah, many times. Like, that's not, like, out of the realm of possibility. How many times have you seen George Hill airball free throw? Probably
1: happened, but not that many.
0: So,
2: both of you guys go for the George Hill free throw. George Hill free no, throw. I'm
1: Thad Young. Well, if it's tied, I'm going George Hill,
2: because at least I I go am targets, going yeah. Thad Young as well. Um, uh, I've done plenty of yelling at the TV uh, for both scenarios. I'm not comfortable with either. Which team um, is J.R. Smith
0: on? I <laughs> mean Earl Smith. Carl Smith. I'm He's right. not in
2: the picture at all. <laughs> all right. Next scenario. Uh, this one might uh, get you guys thinking. I know which one I would pick, though, already off the bat. So would you rather the Pacers win the championship this upcoming season or would you rather wait until you turned age 80 and it was guaranteed that you got to live to age 80 and they won 10 in a row? So Guarantees aside, I'm not living to
1: 80. Like, that's just straight up. Um, yeah, I think I'm taking next year. I, I agree. <laughs> because awesome. I think it would be amazing that we would just be, you know, this Lakers super team that might form, the, the Warriors, you know, the East with the Celtics and the 76ers. I think that story would be amazing, the Pacers. Won the tournament. And also
2: when you're age 80, I don't think you can –
1: Harder, yeah. I mean, you can't <laughs> celebrate
0: as much as you would when I'm you're when young. I'm just gonna be like nice young. and
1: my wife, and I'm just gonna have like my grandkids running around the house. Do yeah. I have a
0: life alert at eighty? <laughs> that's a good question. Okay, because that might give you a heart attack. hundred percent, I'm taking the championship. But well, ten
1: straight's no joke. Has anybody ever want ten straight in anything?
0: If anything, with Boston. Boston, Boston. I mean, but that was back in the day. When I think you we won
1: like eleven or twelve, or twelve or thirteen. Yeah, one yeah. Bill yeah, Russell. Russell. I mean, that's tempting. But it's just so far down the
0: line. You know, I don't. I have. I don't a, like to plan. That here's far what on I'm thinking pressure. in my head, though.
2: I can cherish the championship sure. for if the Patriots win one championship during my lifetime, I can cherish it for the rest of my exactly. life. So if they win it now, I have 50, fifty, sixty, whatever years years I have left to cherish the championship. At age eighty, I don't have. I don't. Age eighty to ninety, I don't have very
0: much time left. So I mean, I'm taking it now. I once made this deal with the devil with the Cubs, I once said, just win me one, win me this one, get me through this one inning, and I swear I'll never ask for another one. Yeah. And I haven't asked for another one. Um, so, I mean, in the moment, I want to have this championship next year, party it up, probably wanting me a walk, you know, afterward, and just jumping up and down, sheer excitement, just everything would be flowing. Be but, good for the brand. But here's the spin zone in this. Okay. My grandpa, older, not quite 80, watches every single Pacer game. He's got nothing else going on. He's just sitting there with life alert in his hand. No, I'm just kidding. But he's just sitting there, and he's watching the games. He can't say the players' names at all because he's just an old guy. He just yells at his TV. But literally, when I'm that old, the only thing you have to do is watch the games. You're literally watching a champion the last 10 years of your life. So you're on me. I I mean, I'm kind of on it, but at the same time, I'm thinking, like, (laughs) next year, sign me up. Because Born Ready's on the team, honestly. Born ready's on the team. Wow. Yeah. I, see, I, I, think team right. I think I'm going next year. I think
1: that's year. something I mean, that if he won a Born ready wins a championship, and then you you got to give him the case to the city, and just let him do whatever he wants. And then yeah.
2: It. So, listeners, that's the one big one we want to hear you, hear from you guys. What would you rather have happened? Championship next season or ten in a row when you're 80? Please let us know on Twitter. Um, so, moving on to the next scenario. This is about the draft coming up. Would you rather the Pacers select a foreign prospect, who they've done for, for fairly often, at least in the second round, would you rather have them select a foreign prospect who never comes from overseas or trade the pick for cash considerations in the second round of the draft? Both are complete washes, but what would you rather have? What, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago I stayed up. I think the Pacers had – I think one pick in the draft that was in the second round. I stayed up till midnight Eastern time and to watch the draft. They took I don't remember whoever it was and then traded him immediately for cash considerations. So just imagine that's an, that's the scenario. What which scenario would piss you off less if you stayed up till midnight and had to work the next day? Would you rather a foreign prospect who gets traded right away or who never comes overseas, or would you rather just say, yeah, let's get the cash considerations." For me.
0: I want the foreigner that never comes over. I because you to have be. the hope. The hope, and you can you can just
1: show these YouTube videos that you'll never see anywhere else. These right. local Weegah rubbing in people's face. It's Ezra M Lorbeck. I've never play.
2: And Stenko. Ezer yeah. and and Stenko. Stenko. Actually, I looked him up the other day. He got traded in 2016. I completely forgot about that. We got him in the mid 2000s. And We're talking never... about them on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, like... yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, most Patriots fans don't probably don't know who Stenko is, and. We do. We do because it was a big deal at the time. So we're still talking about him 10 years later. So that's why I do say that I would probably myself pick the foreign prospect who never comes because you at least hold on to that hope
0: that he comes and maybe he turns out to be Manu Ginobili or something for a year. I have the pick. I have the pick right now. I know the, I know the foreigner that we we're going to take. I've got this guy, Arnoldus Kolboka, if you would just Google that name for us, you'll see exactly why he looks like an Indiana <laughs> pacer, if you know what I mean. And his NBA comparison uh, comparison is Boshjan Nakbar. Exactly. Like, are you kidding There's me? There's just
1: this whole other world of Fran Fraschilla, just basically Korean. Fran- these guys and these legends. So this guy
0: right here is probably like Fran
1: Fischilla's favorite guy in the draft. Fran Fischilla the, the just went part from about 6 to midnight. The, the thing about these, to
2: midnight. the thing about these foreign players is even in their leagues, some of them are not even in the top 10 in minutes. And they average maybe two points a game, but they have them in the top. It just makes absolutely no sense I to me. I would be a
1: second-round prospect in like a Spanish round. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. I thought so, about moving the, overseas. So we'll Give leave it at that.
2: Foreign prospect over the cash considerations, Um, both not ideal situations, but if you had to pick, you would pick the hope in the foreign player. All right, next up on the list, we're going up with some big baller brand here. Um, So, Jem O'Brien, who was uh, the coach at the late part of the 2000s decade, um, so Jim O'Brien got fired for Frank Vogel. Uh, his years were viewed here not very well. I don't. He didn't make the playoffs one time, and it was just straight mediocrity for the Pacers for at least three or four seasons. I believe they got the ninth and tenth seed, and then just I mean never got a high draft pick. It was a complete wash. Would you rather have him be the coach of the Pacers again, or speaking of big baller brand, have Lavar Ball here as the Pacers coach?
1: For me, it's a no-brainer. It's Levar Ball. Not even close. Why is that? It's the unexpected. We've seen what happens with Jim. We have no idea what Levar is gonna say. I feel like him and Lance Stevenson would be best friends. Like. They would just run amok in Indy. They'd be like the Joker just terrorizing Goppa. <laughs> it would be exciting. It would be awesome. Everyone would be repping Big Baller Grand by the end of it. He would say how many championships. Were. Everything he'd say would be a Pacers fan dream. I think he would just never end. <laughs> <front man. laughs> never lost I think he could relate to the players. A little bit. Like some of the younger players. With all
2: the I'll be honest kids. with you. I've seen some of his pregame speeches and someone lets him coach AAU and, coach <laughs> him, a, a and they player. let him coach overseas and the things he says are just completely idiotic like it's nothing a coach would say before the game he obviously doesn't understand the game of basketball he just likes to say stupid shit but i agree actually i don't i don't know i that's i can't even pick one i hate it's both no of those scenarios
0: Levar um, here's why lavar ball yeah i mean obi was one of the worst coaches in the nba and we were like like chris said we were mediocre and. Mediocre is the worst thing you can be. Yeah. Like, they just played with our hearts because we always draft those blue-collar guys that play hard. They weren't smart enough just to lose. OB was so disliked by the fans. And players. And players. And so guess what? I go LeVar Ball, and I try to get the father-son option, kind of like a little leap. Could
1: you so imagine that, the you Dan me...
0: Dockage takes of LeVar Ball and Dan <laughs> right. Dockage Well, here's play. the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Spin Zone here. Dan Dachkis, assistant coach. First call. So now you have, so you have Levar Ball, Dan Dockich. and then I think what you do is you sign you, Marcus Smart. You sign Marcus Smart. You get you get Lonzo automatically. You, you can get Jello to be a cheerleader. You're
1: maybe Panda Friends friend. Can we can get sign him to like a ten days? See if we're go. I'm telling
0: you. You add Lance Stevenson to that mix. Why, the why the would the Why would LeBron not come? Yeah. It wouldn't make <laughs> any <laughs> sense. later it's calling. No, seriously. I honestly probably would take Levar Ball just because that would probably be ESPN would actually cover us. Yeah. that'd be great. Like, so really you
2: two sense. are Levar Ball. I'm undecided. So you
1: can't be on the side. You gotta pick, you gotta the pick one. Would I'm, you gotta, I'm
2: picking. I'm picking Jim O'Brien. Gosh, I, I, I do not. See, I respect him, I, but I just want to him I don't like either of them, but LeVar Ball, I absolutely can't stand when that man talks or gets publicity. He's getting publicity right now on this podcast. I <laughs> no can't, <for> st- <laughs> can't stand him. We can get
0: um, about Ball. I can't ball stand right the Ball children. Well, now he we can't.
2: Uh, so, Damn Damn I'm picking Jim O'Brien. Um, that's all I really got to say. Viewers, listeners, actually. Tell us who you would pick, because that's a tough one. That's honestly a tough one, especially if you were a Pacers fan during those years, the disgust we had for Jim O'Brien, and then now the disgust we have for LeVar Ball. So let us know who you would pick
0: out of that, that scenario. Oh, I got breaking news. Nothing Break. great, but the Hawks are strongly interested in Luka Doncic. Third overall. Pick. third overall pick. Good for the dunk, man. He's got some dunk in the hey, trunk. Man. You know what I'm saying? All right, sorry.
2: All right, well, uh, that wasn't really breaking, so we'll move on to the last.
0: <laughs> it literally is breaking five minutes ago. Last topic
2: uh, that I have, and you guys might have another one after this. This is the uh, last scenario. Would you rather make a rap music video with Lance Stevenson or Ron
0: Artest, also known as Meta World Peace?
1: Also known as Panda Friend.
0: I know where Chris is going with this. At least I think I know. I'm going Lance Stevenson. There's no doubt about it. I liked Ron Artest, Metal World Peace, whatever you want to call him. I liked him. I respected him. That was probably our most talented team. Born Ready goes above and beyond. I mean, to me, that is just... I look at this as not who I want to make a rap video with. It's like, who do I want to spend time with? Who do I want to have a drink with? Who do I enjoy more? Like, what conversation do I enjoy more? Bar none, no doubt about it. Born Ready, it seems...
1: Yeah, it's Lance Stevenson. It's always Lance Stevenson. I feel like if I'm on a set recording a music video with like some babes and Ron Artest is there, I'm going to be tense. I'm not going to know what Ron Artest is thinking. I'm not going to know what his plan is. Did you guys see him on Big Brother? I did not.
0: Oh, my God.
1: But He's... with Lance, I feel like it's just going to be natural. Lance has been there and done that. His music videos are fire. I love Lance when he raps. I think, for me, it's not even a no-brainer. It's Lance Stevenson. I mean, big Ron Artest guy. Nothing against him. on the court only. But it's Lance. It's always been Lance. It always will be Lance. Lance. I'm we, going our test. No, I knew you were. <laughs> Jesus. Give us a reason. You're going to sit there, and then Lance Stevens oh is the teacher.
2: Oh, He was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> because when I was young, he came out with the True Warrior, T-R-U-W-A-R-I-E-R. Did I spell that right? True Warrior is what he referred to himself off. And he was the OG rapper before Lance. So The OG rapper. Yes, The OG rapper. Obviously, he wasn't the first NBA player who tried to rap. I mean, he wasn't good at all, but it was still, you know, it was (laughs) hype. Ron Artest is coming out with music. I'm like 13 or 14 years old, however it was, and it was cool. So I'm going with Ron Artest. I'd like to spend a day with him. I know he's weird as hell, but Lance has also got a crazy side to him. If I had to pick who I'd rather hang out with, it would be Lance Stevenson. But for the purposes of a rap music video, I'm going with Ron Artest.
0: I just want to say the name Page Stoyakovich. Just like I, I just want to say the name because I felt like he deserves. He needs to be mentioned, all, the to be mentioned in the first. He's podcast. often the most Rick Smits. Oh, Rick Smith. Page is
2: often the most forgotten pacer of all time. Yeah, really he was down. only a half season, um, but my gosh, especially in Sacramento, that boy could shoot.
0: Chris loved. Ron Artest so much that he bought a Sacramento Kings Ron Artest jersey. I did. He wasn't
1: willing to let
0: go. One of, one of three in circulation. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
2: and I got it signed. Maybe that'll be one of our giveaways.
1: Don't no, no, don't don't tease that.
2: No. All right. So you guys have any other scenarios that I you want to go it. over? Um.
1: No, I'm good. I think. I think we've
0: had a great first podcast. It's
1: been good. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, like and favorite our tweet with the Victor Depot giveaway.
2: Yeah, that's one other thing I wanted to mention, too. We have the giveaway. It was posted earlier uh, Tuesday morning, uh, the Victor Oladipo jersey. You have to like, retweet, and follow our page. I know those are very stringent requirements, but we know most of you will unfollow after we announce the winner. But you have to do it if you want to be eligible. So like, retweet, and follow our page, and uh, you will have a chance to win the jersey. I think we have right now over 200-plus retweets. So, there's not a great chance that you're going to win, but there's also, I mean, you have a slim chance. a so. free shot. Don't the slide at the end, though. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, Unless
1: you're a that. hot chick, don't slide at the
2: end. <laughs> yeah, so that, follow us on Twitter. As I mentioned before, it is at Born Ready 2 pod The two is a what? 320 retweets. The two is a what? The two is a number. The two is the number. Our hashtag, though, is actually TO. So, I know it makes absolutely no sense, but we're just getting things started here. Um, thank you for listening today. This was our very first episode of our inaugural season of Born Ready to Pod. And then coming up, our next episode will be about free agency. So we'll dive deeper into that. And then we'll also the draft will have happened. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll uh, move on to free agency that's uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So. Can't wait to talk
0: about Grace and Alan. Yeah, Can't yeah,
2: wait. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.